0: the number one mind in network marketing, the MLM Profit, Network Marketing Virtual Mentor, and a host of other names that we will not mention because this is a family show. Frankly, he's just a small-town guy that figured out that the real product in network marketing is people. Dale Calvert.
1: Hey, this is Dale Calvert. I'd like to welcome you to this session of the MLM Success Podcast. Hope you've had a great week. The title of this session, Session 187, is Forever a Victim, I Don't Think So. Forever a Victim, I Don't Think So. If you haven't heard Session 186 that we did last week, The Person in the Mirror, I'm going to highly suggest that you listen to that first. I think it will make this session more meaningful for you. Uh, This is actually a session I did many years ago for our organization at a national conference that we held. Uh, This was the keynote of that event. And at the time, I was just noticing a lot of people were going through their life with a lot of baggage from the past. And there was a lot of pundits in the marketplace telling people they're a victim. uh, Somebody has messed over them. Uh, Usually political, you know, we need the government needs to take care of everything. You know, you can't do anything on your own. You know, you deserve your government cheese or whatever. And it was just constant. It seemed like it really was starting to get mainstream back then. And I was kind of aware of this trend that I saw happening politically. And then at the time, I was doing um, two to three events a week uh, around the United States multiple conversations with a lot of people and just a lot of people I realized were hanging on to baggage that they needed to let go they needed to let go and that's really my hope for you as we pull this out of the archives and share it with you this week on this podcast that some of you as you listen to this will realize there's baggage that you need to let go. I hope this is something that you feel is going to be worth sharing uh, with people that you love and are concerned about. So without further ado, let's get into this week's session. Forever a victim? I don't think so.
2: Uh, I must say uh, here at the home office there's as much excitement with the employees and everything that's going on around here as there is out in the field. I think we all know that we finally struck the gold mine this past weekend here with this company. The satellite showcase that you're going to be seeing tonight is a landmark training that Dale did at the end of the conference Saturday afternoon. Are you a victim? I don't think so. It was a tremendous training. It touched a lot of people. Uh, Dale said he has received hundreds of emails, letters, ImageNet messages about how this training touched them. Uh, myself along with many of the other national directors felt that this needed to be put on the satellite showcase as soon as possible because whether you were there and got to experience it live or if you didn't have the opportunity to come to this national conference you definitely need to see this training this can really set your business on fire those of you that had the opportunity to see it you, you can watch this many many times over and over and over again and hopefully This will cause your business to explode. You will gain the self-belief that you need. And you've got to remember, the past is the past. The present is here, and the future is what's coming. Don't try to live in the past. Look at the future. If you want something to change, you must be willing to make a change. I hope you truly enjoy this uh, training by Dale as much as we all did at the conference.
3: When I was asked to do the master ceremony, be the master ceremonies this afternoon here a couple of months ago, I don't know. I've been trying to put my thoughts together on it for a couple of weeks and uh, all of these people that I've had the pleasure to introduce today, I just couldn't I just had to speak from my heart and I didn't get a lot said that I wanted to say and uh, I'm not going to be able to say all I want to say here. Uh, when I met Dale on the plane ride to, to Raleigh. It didn't go so good. I mean, the plane did all right, but I was had my attitude with me then, you know. I got to Raleigh and I met Steve Hicks and I thought, yeah, this is for short people. They don't really want me. (laughs) <laughs> but there's something about the kid that I liked, I just didn't want to admit it. There was an air about him that, that was just something I had to follow. I mean, you know, I had no clue I was talking to the greatest networking mind on earth. Man, can you imagine that? And that's what we got, guys. I was telling Amy here, I've told her on two or three occasions when we talk about Dale. Probably the situation I was in, it would be safe to say Dale Calvert's probably saved my life. I don't think I'd be here today if it wouldn't have been for meeting Dale Calvert. Uh, there's probably others can say the same thing. You know, I We all come from different places when we get here, and uh, but I was at my lowest, and and. Uh, he has changed my life forever. Uh, he has is, he is been man enough to tell me what I needed to hear always as he has many of the nationals here. Uh, I, I'm 51 years old, but I've, I've really had a life the last five and a half years since I met this guy. Uh, he is the greatest. I can't say any more, okay? He's the greatest. Dale Calvin.
1: I appreciate it. If you look in your program, uh, the title of the talk says, Final Thoughts. And, uh, I've had a lot of difficulty trying to figure out how in the world I wanted to end this conference. Is, uh, Phil Sheff was talking about earlier, you know, it's a pivotal time. There's no question about it. And uh, I was talking to my parents, and I said, you know, I just don't know what else to say. Uh, I've said everything I know to say. I've done everything I know to do, and uh, I I just couldn't get any inspiration. And they printed the program three months ago, and Debbie Trailer kept on me and said, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I said, I have no idea. I said, "I, I just don't know. And Monday of this this week, it started to come to me a little bit. And uh, I think some things have opened up that uh, I hope will make a tremendous difference for for all of you. Before we go there, I want to do two things. Number one is you see the title of the talk is Forever Victim, I Don't Think So. And there's going to be uh, two or three times in this presentation where you're going to see that flash on the screen. And when you see that, what I'd like for you to do is just repeat it as a group and that and just say as a group forever a victim, I don't think so. You think you can help me out there? Yeah. All right, let's let's practice it one time. Okay? On three. One, two, three. Well, that's pretty good for the first time. <laughs> the second thing that I want to do before I get in this presentation is, guys, I want to. Just say a heartfelt thank you to each and every speaker that's participated, guys. You have done an awesome, awesome job. And last but certainly not least, uh, the amount of work that it takes to put one of these things together Uh, that the home office staff goes through, the amount of preparation. And, guys, we have to prepare for these things and pull them together on top of our regular home office duties. And uh, the home office staff, we're just blessed with a tremendous, tremendous group of people. And I just want to personally thank each and every one of us. The last conference, uh, I talked about getting to a place emotionally and psychologically that you've never been before, and we talked about the whirlpool, which is about right here if y'all remember, and we talked about getting out here, way out here to a place emotionally and psychologically that you've never been before, and we talked about the whirlpool is going to continue to try to suck you back, y'all remember that? And all my life, for the last 18 years, I guess most of my thought has been thinking about why do some people get it and some people never get it? How is it that some people can hear Zig Ziglar and their lives touch forever and some people can hear Zig Ziglar and they think, oh, he was funny and I love him and and I wish he was my Uncle Harry? What's the difference? What is the difference? What makes the difference in people's lives? How come some people can hear Jim Rohn and be changed forever? And some people can hear Jim Rohn and they don't like him because he talked too proper. What is the difference? How can some people go through their life and never get touched and some people get touched? It's always haunted me for the last 18 years, I've tried to figure out why I got into this, why I was touched at a young age and why so many people are never touched. And it's been pondering over and over and over in my mind because the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, when we do a conference like this, when we go out as a national director team and we do regional meetings, the reality of the situation is there's 25% of the people in the room that had already decided that will benefit from that event, whether it's a conference or a meeting or a training or a regional meeting. The other 75% will get a temporary benefit, but then they get sucked right back into their patterns that they've always lived in. When we come and do a conference like this, when we go out and spend our time doing regional meetings, our only hope, the only reason we go is maybe one or two or three or five or ten people will transform from the 75% to the 25%. That's the only reason we do these. What did he say yesterday was the purpose of events? Maxwell. Dr. Maxwell. To make a decision. To make a decision. The only reason you've been here the last three, year, three days is to make a decision. To decide, are you going to or are you not going to? Because until you make that decision, nothing else matters. Some of you, when you got here Thursday, had already decided. Man, you've already decided. You didn't even need the conference. Some of you. You, you decided a long time ago, maybe a month, six months, a year, two years ago, you're going to be a national director and you're not going to be denied. And you know you can get to Course 10. A lot of you, when you arrived here, you'd already made that decision. And those of you that were there when you got here, man, this has been an unbelievable event because you are more fired up about our future and where we're going than you've ever been in your life. I know that. You've got to be after you've seen what you've seen. There's another group of you that have been here maybe a couple weeks, maybe a couple months, maybe a couple years, and you've never started your business. You've never started. Some of you have been here two, three years. You've never really gotten started. Maybe after this weekend, some of you will go home and get started. But the group that I want to spend just a little bit of time on is there's a lot of you here. And some of you have titles called, like, Senior Area Director and Regional Director and possibly even National Director. And you already quit. You quit before you got here. You quit a year ago. You quit two years ago. There's a lot of regional directors in this room who already quit. Sure, you love new image. you love the products, you love the people. You like to watch the satellite showcase, but you quit. You got to a certain point, maybe 1,000, 1,200, 1,800, 2,000 dollars a month, maybe 3,000, maybe 4,000 a month. And you thought you'd arrived. And you took the flag that David Cook was talking about and you put it in the closet. And what you've seen over the last two or three years since you've been here, you watch watched your check just kind of dip and dip and dip because the speed of the leader is the speed of the group and you aren't setting an example for your people anymore. The flag's in the closet. And you already quit. And you're in a danger zone, ladies and gentlemen, especially you regional directors, because here's what's going to happen. As you watch that check continue to dwindle of course it's not your fault and of course you're going to blame and then you're going to have some little short black haired guy that's never done anything in his life except talk a lot of trash come up to you and share with you an opportunity that's really not an opportunity (laughs) or it could be a woman or it could be anybody I just kind of flashed in my mind for some reason and it's going to be easier for you to quit and join something else and psychologically save face than it is to admit that you quit three years ago. Now I want you to know something. You might be fooling some people but you aren't fooling me. So you are the people that I am most concerned about. And then there's some people that this weekend's done it. Man, it's done it. It's going to be like uh, 94 with Jim Rohn for many of you. I saw many lives transformed. And I know for some of you, this will be the conference that you look back on. It's done, Dale. It's done. Man, I can do my six courses. I can do a course every six months. It's done. I don't care. I'm getting the job done. I've already been touched. I just want you to shut up so I can go home and go to work because this was the one that did it for me. <laughs> Why, why is it so difficult? And this is the question, and guys, I think I'm closer to the answer right now than I've ever been in my life. Why is it difficult for 75% of the population to make a life altering decision, a commitment to something? And I truly believe in the last three months, it's because most people are so bound with the heartaches and the disappointments and the failures of their past that they have difficulty developing a clear picture for their future. I truly believe... As I analyze this, that people come to these events, they get fired up, they get excited, they're sincere in that emotion, and they get out there and they start doing a good job. And as soon as they start doing a good job, their past starts to bring back the failures of their past. It starts to haunt them. It starts to pull them back. I think, I always wondered, what sucks people back to the whirlpool? What is it that's calling them to suck them back? It's their past. It's their past failures, it's their past disappointments, it's their past heartaches. It's easy to live our lives as a victim. It's easy because people pity victims. We all want to burp and diaper victims. It's a whole lot easier being a victim than taking responsibility. But I'm here to tell you, until you take responsibility and control over your past, you will never achieve your potential in the future. Go back one. Billy Riggs talked about this. He talked about people that have a God, God complex and people that have a victim mentality. And I tell you what, when I was putting all this together, I think, man, I've got to go back and watch that again. And Steve Hicks sent me a tape about four months ago. Of a pastor, and he was talking about this victim syndrome. And I haven't asked Steve this. I'm going to ask him when this conference is over. Steve, don't shake your head one way or the other. They got the camera on you, man. I don't want anybody else to know but me and you. (laughs) But I think he might have sent me those tapes. Because I needed them. It's real easy to get sucked in the victim chair if you don't watch yourself. All successful people, at some point in their life, find themselves sitting in the victim chair. I can look them back on my life. I've been there for a day, been there for a couple of weeks, times I've been there for a few months. All successful people. And what I'm starting to realize is that there's a lot of people that live day after day, day after day, year after year, always in the victim chair. There's a distinct difference. I mean, all successful people sometimes will find themselves in the victim chair. But I started to realize as I started thinking about this concept, how widespread this academic is. The population as a whole seems to love to be in the victim chair. You know, at last conference, we had all this mess going on at the White House. And the whole nation was watching to see who gets to be the victim. Is it the burnout, overworked? CEO of the country or is it this young uh, uh, ladder climbing intern? Who's going to be the victim? Everybody's sitting around wanting to know who's going to be the victim. And the world is absolutely full of people that live their life and they perceive in their mind that they're a victim so therefore they live their life as a victim. This victim syndrome covers all walks of life and every economic background. You don't have to be, you can be a laborer, you can be a professional. And as I started to think about this in the last three, four, or five months, and I started listening to what people say, the victimitis, the, the, the words that they speak, it's absolutely depressing to see how everybody wants to blame everybody in the world except themselves for their failure. It's amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. And you will never, ever, ever reach your potential until you take responsibility for it. Your life has got to be run by you. You can be an associate area director, you can be an area director, you can be a regional director, you can be a national director, and you still can suffer from this victim mentality. Victims always think that somebody else has done something to them. Victims, all their conversation is about them and their emotions and their feelings. Victims stay in constant turmoil. And if there's no turmoil, they'll find something to create turmoil about. Constant turmoil. Constantly stirring things up. They can never be on the straight and narrow. Victims never accept responsibility for their own failures or shortcomings. And until you learn to do that, until you walk out of here and learn to do that, you will never, ever, ever achieve your future. You are not responsible for the bad things that happen happened to you in your life. But you are responsible how you think about those things. And that's what you've got to come to grips with. It's your thinking. It's the way you're thinking about it. Success starts with realizing that you're responsible for your life. You're in control. It's not the government's fault. It's not your mama's fault. It's not your daddy's fault or your boss's fault or your upline or your downline's fault. The problem is in the mirror. Until you come to grips with that, nothing can change. I told Stephanie, they're all going to leave here more excited than they've ever been or more pissed off than they've ever been. Where's my mother? Mom, I'm sorry I said pissed off. When I was 30 years old. I was 30 years old and I was uh, broke. $50,000 in excess debt. Uh, buying groceries on a credit card. All of you know the story. And I could have blamed my former employer, which would have been very easy to do because they did mess over me. And I could have blamed a lot of different things. And I could be now down the road a few years and still blaming everybody else for that time in my life or I could have decided that if it's going to change I'm going to change it there's people in this room you went bankrupt when you were in your 20s today you're in your 50s and everybody that you ever meet that you get very close to eventually within a couple days or a couple of hours or sometimes a couple minutes you have to tell them your bankrupt story You have to tell them how successful and everything was going in your life and then all of a sudden the partner messed over you or something happened and I went bankrupt 30 years ago. And you live with that day after day after day after day after day after day after day. day. It haunts you. My gracious, you could have built three more businesses and gone bankrupt three more times in the last 30 years. (laughs) If you're here today and you're 40 years old and you're broke and you live in America, if you're here today and you're 40 years old and you're broke and you live in America, guess what? It's your fault. The decisions that you have made in your life up to this point got you here. And you can choose to make those same wrong decisions over the next 40 years of your life or you can choose to do something else about it. It's up to you. But don't blame everybody else because you're 40 and you live in America and you're broke. You can continue to waller in it. You can continue to suck your thumb about it or you can do something about it. I've met people that got divorced 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Every day they live with that tragedy. Every day they wake up and they're mad at that former wife or husband. And every day they wallow in it. It's like a cancer. It's like a cancer that eats at them day after day after day after day of their life. until their life totally wastes away. Totally wastes away. It's 20 years ago and they're still talking about it. Well, you need to shut up about it and get on with the rest of your life. You've got to do that, guys. Some people never forget the hurtful words of others. It's amazing. It's amazing. They can tell you when somebody talked bad about them a week ago, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. They can tell you the whole conversation. It's amazing. Man, when that happens, you get rid of it and you go on about your life. Some of you are being haunted by the words that people spoke to you 20, 30 years ago. They're dead and buried. But those words haunt you every day. Every day you let those words curse you from the grave. They curse you with your own self-talk because you keep repeating it over and over and over. I don't understand it, guys. Life's too short to live it that way. Some of you suffered in, when you were young. Terrible abuse and neglect. Terrible abuse and neglect. And every day you live with that in your life. But, but you've got to understand, this is my point, and I don't mean to make lightly of any of this. I don't, but you've got to understand this one thing. If other people have overcome it, you can too. That's what you've got to understand. You are not responsible for what happened to you. You are only responsible about how you think about what happens to you from this point on in your life. Are y'all seeing the difference? Personal pain, heartache, suffering, we've all gone through it. But this is the good news. Man, I couldn't wait to get to this point. (laughs) Get this. Because I know some of you are hurting right now and some of you are mad at me. But get this. The amount of suffering and heartache and pain that you've been through in your life is only a measurement of the amount of power that can be released within your life. Do you understand that? There's some of you in this room. The greater the the crisis that you go through, the stronger the power once it's released. You understand that? Some of you in this room, and I think Rick LaValle just flashed through my head, but I've had conversations with many regionals in this room, and things are going tough. Things are hard. Things are not easy as maybe we wish they were. And, 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 and they'll look at me, and i look at them, and I've had this conversation a hundred times, and I said, I'm in your corner. I'm behind you. I know it's tough now, but I know you're going to make it. And I know you don't understand this, and I know you're going to want to hit me when I get ready to say this, but I am glad you're going through what you're going through. Because when you make it, your story's going to be that much more powerful. You're going to be able to touch many, many more lives because you've been down the road. You've been down those hard knocks. What about Barry Hamby's story over here? My gracious, the problem with the IRS. Go and look at these stories in the front row. And get your thumb out of your mouth, guys. They all went through it. We all go through it. It just releases the power. What did Jim say a few minutes ago when he first came in here? What about David Cook? You think Stephen Kim woke up one morning and their national directors? Why are you special? We have to go through this, guys. But we got to overcome it. They made the decision they made the decision that they were responsible for where they were, they were responsible for their thoughts, and they're going to go out and build their future. They aren't going to wallow in their misery for the rest of their life. There's a movie called, uh, there's a movie called Groundhog Day, and I don't know how many of you have seen it, it's with Bill Murray, and every day he gets up and he lives the same life, the same day, over and over and over. Have some of you seen that? Oh man, (laughs) poor guy. Every day, the same day, over and over and over and over. Sometimes that's what we tend to do as victims. And if 75% of the population suffer from this syndrome, it creates far too many high maintenance wimpy distributors within your organization. They're the kind that won't get in university. They're the kind that you got a burp and diaper all the time. You can love them, but you aren't going to build a business with them. So you cannot build a business with wimpy distributors. Victims don't build businesses. When I'm a victim, distributors create support groups. I love this. Childish people always attract childish people. Victims always attract victims. You know, what Dr. Maxwell talked about yesterday. You want to attract the type of person that you want in your business, and you better become that type first. And victims have these little support structures. These little I am a victim distributors, what they do is they get together, and these unproductive, immature, pitiful, pitiful distributors get together with their crutch buddies. And they all sit around in the same little corner at the meeting and they, and they sit there and they're starting to complain about everything and everybody and the company did this and they did that and the little crutch buddies come together and they hang around in their little pocket every week at the meeting, sucking their thumb. And all they come there for is to talk about what somebody else is wearing. they do. Victims like the attention they get from being pitiful. Victims get attention when they pitch a fit. They aren't going to get any, any, any attention from doing something, so they pitch a fit. Listen, if somebody comes up here and lays down in front of the stage and starts having a hollering and pitching a fit, I'm going to stop talking. They can have all the attention they want. But if somebody did that, then somebody else would start having another fit over here. Because they're getting more attention than they are. Because they're pitching a bigger fit than they are. Talk shows in this country are built with bizarre victims. Y'all follow that? Until you take control of your thoughts and your life and your past will become a cancer that we talked about early. Bringing up your past over and over and over again robs you of each day, which ultimately robs you of your life. With a victim, everything is about me. Victims are easy to spot by the words that they use. My upline wouldn't help. Me. My sponsor wasn't there for me. The people at the meeting didn't like me. The home office staff member was rude to me. And on and on and on and on. Victims are always talking, taking, never giving. They're always complaining and they're never encouraging anybody. Most men in this country have been mommy to death and most women in this country have been daddy to death. Most women... Well, train their daughters Train their daughters And show favor to their sons And then the opposite is true for men See, what they do Is Daddy says Look, boy You're still living at home But you got a job They come in there And he's knocking on the door It's 7 o'clock You've got to be at work at 7.30 Get your rear end up go get a shower, and I told you, if you're gonna work for somebody else, you're gonna be there on time, and you're gonna give them an honest day's pay. And he goes out to his job, and mom comes in the bedroom. Honey, 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 time to wake up. You know how your daddy is. Now, listen, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix you your best breakfast, and I did get some strawberry jelly for you. And I'm gonna set the alarm and give you 15 more minutes and you just enjoy it. And then you get up and take your shower and and when we're done, then we'll come and have your breakfast. And if your boss says anything to you when you get there, you make sure you call me and I'll come right down there and straighten him out for you. Well, I just want you guys to know that I'm not your mama. And I'm not your daddy. And I'm not going to bake you any cookies. And I'm not going to play patty cake with you. If I'm anything, I want to be the Sergeant Carter in your life. I'm here to ask you, how many more years are you going to waste? What are you going to do with the next 40? When are you going to start blaming? for your failure? When are you going to get tired of your mediocrity? When are you going to go get sick and tired from being average? When are you going to stop being a follower? Start being a leader? When are you going to make that decision? When are you going to decide for once and all in your life, put your fat past behind you and become all you can be? When's that going to happen? When? now are you mad? Yes, I'm mad. I am mad. I am sick and tired of the hate mail that I get at the office people wanting to blame me for their failure. It makes me mad. I'm sick and tired of the complaining and the whining and the murmuring and the what have you done for me lately attitude. I'm frustrated. This is what makes me the maddest. I am frustrated to see gifted, talented, resourceful people like yourself waste day after day, after day, month, after month, after month, year, after year, after year, because of what happened 15, 20 years ago. That's what I'm the maddest about. Why do you allow others to see the potential in you that you don't see? I look at so many people And I think the potential is just all over them. But guys, today's got to be a day that you leave here at a place emotionally and psychologically that you've never been before. If you go home and people don't say, what happened to you? And six months from now, they say, my gracious, what is going on in your life? If you don't get to that place, then you cannot get to where you need to get to achieve what you need to achieve. Ladies and gentlemen, this world is full of victims. We need more examples of people like D. Smith that suffered all types of childhood tragedy but came out of that. This world needs people that they can look to and say, Daggone it, they did it and I can do it. We don't need to just create our victim support groups any longer. This country needs new image. But guys, you've got to get to your place in in this company. You've got to get to a place that you can be. You can no longer live your life as a victim and expect to achieve what's available here. Are you following what I'm trying to tell you? The number one way to get rid of this victimitis is to become a giver of people to people. When you start pouring your life into other people, you don't have as much time for your own problems. That's the number one way. That's the number one way. Start focusing on helping others and get the focus off yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to straighten yourself up. It is time to get out your own two-by-four and use it on yourself if you need to. It is time to look in the mirror and say, I will no longer live myself, live my life as a victim. It is time to say, I'm getting up. I'm dusting myself off, i am straightened my ties and I'm pulling up my pantyhose and I'm getting my comb out and I'm going to start looking sharp, acting sharp, I'm going to start speaking the right things into existence, I'm combing my hair and I am going to be example for other people to follow. After this conference, I'm going to go from the meek, mannered... Clark Kent, and I'm going I'm to transform myself into this meek, mannered, thumb-sucking individual to Superman. That's what I'm doing after this conference. When I get out of this conference, 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 of this conference I'm finding me a telephone booth. Every man and woman in this arena has the ability to overcome. There's a Bible verse that says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away those childish things. Who put it away? Did your upline put it away? Did your sideline, your downline, your mama, or your daddy? Who puts it away? I put it away. It's time to grow up and get on with your successful life. The way you talk exposes your heart. Who said it a few minutes ago? Most people are on autopilot, Mark Rush, they're just blabbing and blabbing away saying, I'm a victim, 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 I'm a... a..." it's amazing when you start listening to people and what they speak. No wonder. I wouldn't follow that. They're a mess. They don't have anything that I want. They aren't even dreaming about anything that I want. I'm not following. And I can't recruit nobody. No wonder. No wonder. You're a victim. People don't follow victims, especially not very long. You understand? Deliverance is going to be a challenge. It's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. You've got to be reconditioned and reprogrammed. You've got to get to a place What? emotionally and psychologically that you've never been before you can't put new wine in an old wine skin the day you give up your victim's license you're also going to give up the attitude of don't expect me to be dependable, don't expect me to be responsible, don't expect me to be an encourager, because you see I'm a victim, because I went bankrupt when I was 27. So you got to give that up. You forfeit your right to complain, blame, and murmur, and you can't pick up the phone and call 1-800-C-R-Y-B-A-B-E-Y anytime somebody looks at you cross-sided. You cannot go into your meeting with a bad attitude, a frown on your face, a hate in your heart when you decide to forfeit your victim's license. The day that you sign that application, we handed you, right here, we handed you the power to take control over the rest of your life. The day you sit down and sign it, the power is given to you. But you've got to release it. You've got to release the power. It's already yours. All you've got to do is release it. Decide to release it. Man, here's the examples right here. The power's here. The opportunity's here. Your destiny's right here in front of you. When you signed it, Y'all follow? Yep. <laughs> Quick, hanging around low-productive people at your weekly meetings. If you want to go up, you better hang around people that are going up. It's not easy. The whirlpool's still there, and others have done it and you can do it too so that's what you gotta keep telling yourself others have done it I can do it your crutch buddies are gonna talk about you when you start speaking different your crutch buddies are gonna talk about you they're gonna think well he thinks he's too good for us now she's forgotten where she came from who cares? who cares? why do you care what they think? you can choose to continue to waller and complain and murmur with the turkeys or fly with the eagles it's your choice it's your choice. Whatever you choose to do. You must right now decide to get to a place emotionally and psychologically that you've never been before. I refuse. You guys, I, ref- I, refu- I refuse to live another day as a victim. I'm going to start pouring my life into other people and quit worrying so much about me. The tide has turned. No longer will I receive Anymore, I'm going to become a giver. Yes, I have had heartaches. I've had abuse. I've had betrayal in my life. But I am a survivor. And I will unleash the power that's been given to me. I will survive. I am forgetting the heartaches of the past and start working on my future. i played the victim too long. Today I'm going to switch roles. I'm not spending the next 40 years as a victim as long as I live in Canada or if I live in America I got hope and I'm going to take advantage of that hope Today is the day Last month we had the opportunity Stephen Kim and Courtney and Brittany, Allie, Channing, Stephanie, myself, we went to Bermuda uh, on a cruise. We had a great time. But prior to that, we spent three days in, uh, in New York. And I was excited about the cruise, but i tell you, the thing I was really looking forward to was a chance for my kids to stare face-to-face at the Statue of Liberty. i know it it meant a lot to them and i I think as they get older it's going to even mean more to them but there's a couple of pictures and in the down here on the left hand side i don't know if you can tell but i got my arm around that's my kids i'm in that black jacket down there and mark rush will probably recognize the coat that's that's the coat on the dreams come true that you guys gave me and we wore it during the viper giveaway and all that but it's the dreams come true jacket and uh you know I had to think about all the immigrants that have come to this country in the last few years escaping all kinds of persecution all kinds of problems and they come to this country and you and I both know that usually in a short period of time they do whatever they gotta do sometimes three and four families living in the same house to get a business started to take advantage of the land of opportunity they don't come to this country trying to find a J-O-B. They come to this country looking for opportunity. They look come to this country with a dream in their heart and in their mind to be able to build something, maybe not for them, but can be passed down for generation to generation that their families won't have to live in persecution, financial bondage, religious bondage anymore. That's why they come to this country. And I can remember sitting there thinking about, you know, and so many of us that are fortunate enough to be born in raised here we lose sight of that man this country was built upon people with dreams today we've we've been, we got a country that's full of people that got good jobs and what they do is is they finally get that good job and, and, and they get that new 1600 square foot ranch and they're so fired up and excited about that ranch and before you know it they buy a new car and then they get a new truck and then they get a boat and then all of a sudden, they crawl right into that great American box. And they live as a slave for 8 to 10 hours a day, every day, for the rest of their life, eating when the boss tells them to eat, doing exactly what the boss tells them to do. And they start seeing people that are out there making a difference and living the American dream and are trying to live the American dream. And the slave, the the, the slave saying, Well, you're a slave. Come back here. You cannot do that. You can't live that American dream. That's not what this is about. you got to stay here and work with us 10 hours hours a day as a slave what do you think you're doing the master's gonna whip your rear end you better get back here and they yell at us and they scream at us and they try to make fun of us and they tell us that we're different and we're odd and we're weird that's right we are but we got dreams and you don't see we got to come to grips with that guys that's what this country was founded upon dreams and we've lost that ability we need more examples of that in this country today we got to set the pace for people We've got to The day before we got there to New York I got an image net message I got an image message that regional director Don Baker passed away and I don't know how many of you knew Don. Uh, I had the chance to do a regional meeting with for for him, Jim and Kathy Jones, and I went out there when, uh, in in Arc- Arcadia, California, and did a regional meeting for Don. And Don was in his 70s. And I guess if there's anybody that had a right to be a victim, it'd be Don Baker. He'd gone through a lot of tragedy in his life, a lot of disappointments he built some organizations and the companies messed him over and 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 don had went through the ringer but i was thinking the day before when we met the statue of liberty and I, and I just started thinking about don baker and i thought those of you that knew don know that he lived every single day of his life working as hard as he could work to, pers- to, ch- to pursue his American dream. Now, Jim, Kathy, and I have talked about this many times that that man had a work ethic, he had a desire, and he had a dream in his heart. And everybody that came in contact with Don Baker knew that Don Baker was a dreamer. He set an example for each and every person to follow that watched him. It's sad that he. We need more Don Bakers. Every conference, I get up here at the end and I try to give you something that you can leave with. Like I said when I started, for 18 years I've been trying to get closer to the secret, to what makes people, some do and some don't. And I really believe that this victim syndrome is what destroys many, many people, many, many good people. And I have two hopes. The first is that I haven't offended anybody today because I sure didn't mean to. But again, I've got to tell you what I feel like you need to hear maybe not what you want to hear. And it's my sincere hope and prayer that each and every one of you will get set free today. You just get set free. And that you go out there. and make your decision that I'm gonna set an example I'm gonna set an example for others to follow I'm gonna be what I know is with inside of me I'm gonna unleash it it's time I've wasted too, too too much time in my life guys we need each and every one of you each and every one of you at your best performing your best doing your best to have the radical revolution that this industry and this country needs. I love and appreciate all of you. Thank you.
0: If you haven't gone over to iTunes yet and rated and left this podcast a review, what are you waiting for? At Calvert Marketing Group, we want to spend our time on the projects that we know are providing the most value for our clients and customers. You leaving us a review and feedback on iTunes is something that helps us more than you realize.